Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. One of our shows for you, those that work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now so you can live that life that you love doing what you love. But guys, it's not just about getting rich, it's about living a rich life because as you're blessed financially, you have a greater capacity to bless the lives of others. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys binging on this podcast. You've been sharing it with others. You've been talking and creating more powerful conversations, and I love it. I love seeing you guys grow. I love seeing you guys apply it and get results because that's the whole reason why we even exist today. Otherwise, I'd be sitting fat and happy, just doing my own investments, doing my own thing. But it's because of people like you that keep me inspired to want to keep going forward. So thank you for allowing me to share and create that ripple effect for you guys today. As a reminder, if you have not done so already, go to our website, moneyripples.com, Go take the passive income calculator now to see how much passive income you can create in the next 12 months, in the next year. Be sure you check that out right now. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money, too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. Okay, guys, so I want to get into a topic. We haven't talked about Infinite Bank for a little while, and and it's interesting because I had a, a... friend who's a very successful real estate investor. And he asked a great question, one that I've heard before, and I think it needs to be addressed. He said, Chris, and he was almost kind of upset after he learned about it because he's heard about different people, but it never quite made sense. But then after I started showing him better numbers and what he's seen from other infinite banking type of specialists and gurus out there, he's like, yeah, but Chris, I still can't wrap my head around this. Why would I pay for my own money? I said, that's a great question. In fact, the funny thing is his wife was the one that answered it correctly. Uh, she's like, honey, this is easy. And that's kind of the way it is sometimes. Sometimes it is the spouses that get it better than some of us men. I've noticed that in many cases coaching over the years. But I'll tell you this, to answer his question very simply, and this is what I told him is, you're not borrowing your own money. You're not using your own money. That's the whole point. <laughs> so this is the lie that people hear when they talk, hear about infinite banking. They say you borrow from yourself. That is 100% false. It's bull, okay? You do not borrow from yourself. It doesn't even make sense to do that. And the real question people are asking is, wait, if I can just take my money and invest it, why would I run it through an insurance policy where there's gonna be some insurance costs coming out of it first before I can invest the rest? Wouldn't I just eat into my cash that I could be using to invest and create more passive income now? Chris, doesn't that kind of contradict the things you teach about? And the answer is, from that perspective, yes, it totally does. And I would say, wrong. In fact, for many years, I had that same debate as you did 
which I'm like, wait, it doesn't make sense. Like we're just paying all this, the fees kind of a, yeah, sure. I get the death benefit, but what about my life now? That's what I'm going to address here today. And so I'm going to share my screen. This is something I've shown in PowerPoints before. I'm going to share this right now. Okay. So you guys may have seen this before. One just mentioned, this is like a tax-free supercharged savings account. This is not an investment account. Do not ever think this is an investment. It is not. It's a tax-free savings account if done properly. It is in most states protected 100% from lawsuits and creditors. It also doesn't show up on your FAFSA financial aid form when you're trying to apply for your kid's college or for your own. It doesn't show up there. Many people, including the guy on our team, he actually paid for his college that, to do it that way. Interesting point. His dad's a very successful entrepreneur, started a lot of businesses here in Utah. The one thing he taught his son when he was 18, he said, son, I wish I knew how to do this strategy 20 years prior to when I learned it. Uh, by the way, the guy's only in like his 50s and going now going to his early 60s. So that's one of the big things right there. It is protected. It's tax-free, guaranteed growth, much better than your point nothing percent savings account. No stupid limits or penalties. You don't have the 59 and a half rule. And there's bank leverage and access to cash now. That is what I want to specifically talk about. So yes, when you put money in, right? Now you pay, you, the best way to do this is pay into this on a regular basis for at least, I would say at least five or 10 years if you're going to max fund it, right? We generally show people how to max fund. So if somebody wants to put in, say, $20,000 a year, great. That's $20,000 a year they put in, but that's not the minimum required premium. It's usually at least a quarter of that. Usually it's less than 5,000, sometimes even less than three or 4,000, depending on the situation. Uh, so that's the kind of situation we have where you have a very big range. You can put in anything from the max all the way down to a quarter or a fifth, whatever that max is, that's your minimum, okay? So there's this extra ability to put in. This is not a high death benefit policy. So you're not paying a lot in insurance costs. Most of it goes to cash value. Generally, at least 75 to 80% in the first year will go right to your cash value that can be used. Now it's front loaded, unlike term insurance, where term insurance gets more expensive over time, whole life gets cheaper over time. Yeah, she gets less expensive. Those first two years are the most expensive years. But if it's done right, like the policies that we do, usually by year three or four, it's paying for itself. It's making more than what the insurance costs are coming out of it. Therefore, feeling just like a tax-free savings account. Doesn't mean that there's not costs. It just means that the interest you're earning, which is usually at least five to six percent tax-free right now, is offsetting the cost of that policy. Now, here's how it works. Now, if you're putting in that 20,000 a year, and just so you know, if someone doesn't have 20,000 a year, we don't recommend putting that in. I also don't recommend putting all your paycheck in here. People teaching you to do that, it's a complete lie to help you help sell them more insurance to make bigger commissions on you, but it costs you more money. Don't do that. Don't put all your money in. I see some guys out there that are infinite bankers saying, oh yeah, dump a 200,000, 300,000 at once, and then pay little after that. Don't do that strategy. I would say 99.5% of the time somebody asks me to do that strategy, I generally recommend against it. Yes, that means I get paid less in commissions. The reason is because it means you make more money. Uh, so I'm not a fan of that strategy, although there are infinite bankers that are insisting that's what you do. Just know this, even if they do it this way, most infinite bankers, even the good ones, usually you're paying at least 25 to 30% in the first year, sometimes 40%. So think about it. You try to put in 200,000 that first year. That first year is the most expensive year, ironically enough. You throw that money in. Guess what? You're going to be left with maybe 120, maybe at best $150,000. Even in our situation where we have the highest cash return guarantee that we try to do, have the least cost with the amount of money you're putting in, you still might have 160,000 in there. Still, that's 40,000 went to costs. You don't want to do that. 
right? You want to do it to where it's actually something you can put in more evenly spaced out over time and then invest the difference. So what I generally have people do is I have them say, hey, if you got $250,000 in cash, let's only take maybe 40 or 50,000 of that, invest that, take the other 200,000 or so, sorry, take the 40 or 50,000, put that into the life insurance as the savings of vehicle there. And then the other 200,000, you go and invest. That means you're making at least usually 20,000 a year in passive income returns that will help pay for that policy that maybe you could put in up to 40 or 50,000 a year, but the minimum is only like 10. The great thing is that again, if you have cash flow coming in, you've got enough money to save pretty soon. It may not be long, especially with the way the cash is growing in there. You could be using that to invest. It may not be very long where that will actually be able to pay for its own self because of the passive income you're earning could be paying for the premiums for you. So it's not coming out of pocket per se. It's just reinvesting the cash that you've been using anyways. Okay. So most people just take cash from their, they take cash, they put into investment, the cash flow from the investment comes back to them into their checking or savings account, making nothing, right? We're just saying doing the same thing, but instead of putting it back into your bank account, which is taxed and earns point nothing percent, right? We're saying, take this money instead, put it towards your life insurance. So here's what the difference is. You'll see this in the diagram on the left here. You'll see that dollar goes into the policy and then you take a loan against the policy. This does not mean you loan, you borrow your own money. What it means is your money's still there. That high cash value policy is still there. So let's use an example where you maybe put in $50,000. There's now 40,000 in cash in there. You're not gonna pull out 40,000 out of that policy. That 40,000 is gonna stay there earning tax-free returns. At the same time, you get a line of credit against that policy. So it's kind of like with your house. If you get a home equity line of credit, it's not like you're literally pulling cash out of the house, are you? You're going to the bank and saying, hey, I would like to use the equity as collateral. Can you give me money based on the fact that there's enough equity in my home? They will say yes. Now, granted, there's a difference here. Of course, when you pull an equity of your home, it's like money that's invisible to you. It's money that you never had and now it's there. Here is money you've put in. And yes, you are accessing money. But here's why instead of just withdrawing it, which is an option, you can withdraw it like a savings account. The reason that we borrow from the insurance company instead, or a bank, if interest rates come back down again, the reason why we borrow from the insurance company instead is because we want the money in the policy growing faster than the interest you're paying on that loan. That's the difference. See, if you just take money out of savings and you dump it into investment, the money is only being made in the investment, isn't it? That's where the cash flow is being made. But if you pull all the money out of your savings account, you're not earning any interest in that savings account anymore, are you? No, that money is only being made in one place, in the investment. But if you do this strategy where you get a line of credit from the insurance company, you pay it back however, whenever you want, as long as you pay it back by your death and they just take it out of your death benefit and give your family the rest tax-free, you pull that money from them, your money's still in there growing. That 40,000 is still making tax-free returns while you might take, say, 30,000 of that, invest it, and then say you're earning $3,000, $4,000 a year off that money. Great. You use that and you use that to pay towards that line of credit. Why do we do that? It's kind of like that velocity banking strategy. Some of you might've heard of where people will get that home equity line of credit and they invest that equity and then they use the returns from that investment to pay down their mortgage, right? And pay down faster. Here, we're not paying down a mortgage. Here, we're just paying down that line of credit you use. So then you can use it again. You can run it up again because as you pay down that interest or pay down that principal, less and less interest gets charged while you're on the opposite extreme, your money's compounding interest. So even if you're charged the same percent, you earn 5% and say you're charged 5%, guess what? Just because you're paying down the loan balance and the balance of the account is going up, it compounds while this one 
those simple interests that goes down over time, you make more money. Even if they were the same interest rate, you actually compound more money, meaning you've made money in two places at the same time. That is why you're not borrowing your own money. You're not paying to use your money. You're getting leverage off the bank to use their money. You're doing the same thing that the bank does to you when you put your money into a savings account. They're obviously not just letting it sit there and do nothing, right? Now, granted, you don't know that because you go in, you pull it out. You're like, oh, it's like it was there the whole time. Don't brush the dust off. That's not the case. What's actually happening is that they're taking that money and they're loaning out even more than what you give them, right? They're loaning that out to earn a higher interest rate. That's why they'll loan it out on auto loans, right? Now they're at least 6%. We've got mortgages at six and a half, seven percent 7% right now. They're loaning that out. Credit cards at 13, 15, 18, 20%. They're loaning out that money while paying you piddly, point nothing percent. It seems unfair, but the truth is the bank is just smarter than we are, right? They're just doing the same thing that I'm telling you to do here. Turn the tables back around on them where now you're leveraging that money at a lower interest while you can earn a higher interest on that money and yet still invest it. So you still earn money in the investment, earning more than you pay them anyways, and you're earning money inside your policy at the same time in that tax-free savings account. So you earn money in two places at once. And what is that like? That's almost like having a home equity line of credit that also pays you interest and you can go and invest it. That's what it's like. So again, there are costs to this, right? This doesn't always just work in a vacuum, but when done right, it works awesome. All right. So hopefully that answers your question. No, you are not paying to use your money. You are paying to use the bank's money or the insurance company's money. And at the same time, they're still paying you on your money too. The trick is you've got to beat it. Now, many times people will say they'll get very analytical and into the numbers. They'll say, I want to see the numbers. How does this really work? I've had some people like say, show me the difference. What would happen if I just use my savings account versus investing with this? And granted, we know it's not apples to apples because you are getting a death benefit from this. You are getting other benefits from this life insurance. But legally, I'm supposed to say the number one reason for life insurance is for life insurance, the death benefit, right? Now, I like to talk about the life portion of it, which is the cash value portion. But the truth is there is a death benefit there. If I were to do this apples to apples, I would probably say, let's use the whole buy term invest the difference with Dave Ramsey. But here's the deal. There's plenty of videos on that already. There's plenty of people have already said, buy term invest the difference. Look, you pay more on the term, over, especially over time. You really lost money. Whole life's still better. And that's with inferior whole life policies. It still works out better. Why? Because according to insurance companies, right? This is according to the internal numbers that they tell us as insurance agents. What do they tell us? They say, usually one half of 1% to 1% at most ever pay out when it comes to term insurance policies. They rarely ever pay out and they're cheap. They're easy to sell. So why do they market them so much? Because they're a big moneymaker. Now that's great for you if you're a whole life policy holder in a mutual company. Because if you're in a mutual company versus just a usual stock company, like, like a State Farm, right? Or MetLife, those kind of things. Not State Farm, MetLife is a good example. But these kind of companies that have stocks, all the dividends get paid to the shareholders. Here with mutual companies, you've heard like Mass Mutual, even like Northwestern or Guardian or Penn Mutual or anything with a mutual inside of it, right? Typically, those mutual companies are owned by the members. Those members are the policyholders. It's like a credit union versus a bank. Credit unions usually pay more because the members own or have voter rights in that company. Same thing is true with mutual life insurance companies where you have voter rights inside that company and they pay the dividends of the profits of the company back to the whole life policy owners. 
the way they were able to pay dividends is because they're making profits. They already schedule it in there anyways when they try to return some of that premium to you. They also make returns off their money, off of their company's profits, and you make returns off the money that they're actually investing too. That's how you get paid on it. Now, many people will say, okay, but what if I wasn't just buy term and invest the difference? What if I didn't buy any term at all? What if I just compare my savings account, compare that to using whole life? Because obviously the savings account will win early on and you are absolutely 100% correct. The savings account will win in those first few years. But over time, maybe not so much. Let me show you what I mean. So here's a spreadsheet that sadly I spent a few hours on. I wanted to use real numbers. So I use my own life. I'm a 45-year-old healthy male. If you're a female and you're the same age or even a, a year older than me and you're healthy, you'll probably get better numbers than me. If you're over the age of 45, if you're a male over the age of 45, the numbers won't be as good on the whole life side, progressively less and less, just very small by fractions of percent. If you're younger than a 45-year-old male, these numbers are even better than I'm showing you. And again, nothing's guaranteed. This is based on current interest rate environments as they're starting to climb. So really, we haven't even seen an increase in whole life dividends yet. But if the interest rates do keep staying up higher, good news for you, if you have a whole life policy, they will pay you higher dividends than what I'm even projecting right now on my own situation. So I want to use my situation. I want to use somebody who, just like I mentioned before, maybe had $250,000 that they went and they invested, right? So 250,000 they invested, making passive income of 25,000 a year or 10% return. Very common for our one-on-one consulting clients to get. 10% is kind of the baseline for many of the deals that they're doing. So that 250,000 they're investing. They're not dumping in this policy, they're investing it to make 25,000 a year. This is true for both the savings account person and for the whole life person. But the difference is this, is that this person is also saving an additional 30,000 a year. They stopped funding their 401k to get, try to max fund it. Many of our clients are the kind of clients that have put in a large percentage, maybe 10% or even more. Sometimes they just go up to the max and then they get the match on it. So I want to show someone who's been putting away 30,000 a year and now they're getting 25,000 a year from their investments. That's 55,000 a year. That's where this number comes from. If you're in a savings account that first year, guess what? You got 55,000, that makes 10%. It gives you a 5,500 increase. That means they went from 25,000 from their 250,000 they invested last year, right? At the end of the first year, now they got 55,000 more plus the money they've been putting away. Boom, they've got 30,500. And so I just keep reinvesting that. After 10 years, even if you only made 10% return, this is good to know, even for those that are considering hiring us as consultants to strategize a game plan, 10% is kind of in the low end of what many of the returns are on these investments. Look, even in this person's situation, they went from a quarter million, which by the way, a quarter million, if you try to do the traditional financial planning there, you're pulling out 7,500 a year. Instead, now we're getting a lot more. Well, guess what? That can get them up to 112,000 after 10 years. Again, no guarantees, just based on numbers. This is purely for illustration purposes, right? But again, no cost coming out. This is pure. I didn't even take out taxes, guys. I had left taxes out of the equation here. I just let it grow unencumbered, okay? So 112,000 a year after 10 years. Not bad, that's over 9,000 a month. Now, what about using the whole life? Now, if you put in 30,000 a year, guess what? Part of that's gonna come out. You'll have about 24,000 in cash, cash value. Of that, you can access 22,000 and change. So I rounded down to 22,000. So this person put in 30,000, or sorry, 25,000 from the passive income they made from the quarter million plus 22,000 loan, right? That means that they invested a total of 47,000. Well, that increases the cash flow by 4,700 a year. And I also took out interest charges. So this example is someone who just didn't pay back the loan. They just paid the interest only, 
kept the cash flow to reinvest again. So that means they have 3,600 they can apply to their amount the next year. Now they have 52,600 to apply, right? With their cash flow and everything else and so on. It keeps building. Look at this. This is again, using life insurance, using the cash value, what's actually available. They ended up being about just under 112,000. Notice it's only like 700 a year difference from the savings account. So even though they're only just paying back interest only on the loan, they still come out about breaking even as if you almost had free insurance. That's huge, guys. The death benefit on this, by the way, up by this point was pretty darn close. It was, I think it was well over, I think it was somewhere like 700, 800,000 by this point was the death benefit. So 111,000, almost 112, while this one was 112. Here's the other one. The third example, this is the one we recommend typically, is you take the entire cash flow, pay down that line of credit, so then you can use it up again. So I'd see what the difference is. You pay down that line of credit versus the money you're already paying into this plan as well. Again, 30,000 a year, max funding it. And just so you know, the minimum on that is like 7,500 a year. Well, guess what? It pays down faster. By the end of 10 years, you have 121, almost $122,000. You have about $9,000 more than the example where you just only did savings, not even buy term invest the difference, just use a savings account with no cost coming out compared to doing it with your life insurance policy because that compound interest effect is bigger and you're using that money to create and pay down the loan, create simple interest and then reinvest it. So every year this person was reinvesting money. They were doing new deals each and every year, but the difference is because of that double dip, you return money in two places at once, you make bigger income. You end up in another 9,000 a year about 750 bucks a month. Is it life-changing? No. But is it better than doing a savings account? Yes. And again, this is me as a 45-year-old healthy male, right? If you're a woman, women actually have a benefit for a couple because they live a couple years longer. Really, I'm almost the equivalent of about a 47 or 48-year-old healthy female. So if you're younger than this age, these numbers could actually be better, okay? That's the thing is that this is all based on circumstance. This is all just based on running these numbers and making them work. So yes, this did take me a couple of hours to do because unfortunately there's not really good software to run this kind of stuff. Okay. Here's my point. If I'm to sum this up really is that no, you're not borrowing your own money. You're borrowing money from insurance company or from a bank, whoever's going to give you the better interest deal. That's the great thing. You can shop and kind of figure out where it is right now. Insurance companies are generally cheaper. Some of them are even doing loans like 4% right now, where if I go to the bank, it'd be over six and a half, almost 7%. Currently, so but that's something I want to avoid. I want to go for the lower rate, give me the better spread on my money, to create the biggest spread possible while I'm earning interest on money too. That's the secret, guys. That's the key: is that we're creating leverage when you do it right and it's designed the right way. This creates much better effect. And just so you know, this infinite banking policy I'm showing you beats pretty much every other infinite banking policy out there. So the numbers actually don't look as good for most common, the infinite bankers that you see out there today, even the ones doing videos like this, most of them don't even get numbers this good, okay? That means it takes longer even to break even or to be able to catch up to that savings account scenario. My experience has been, if you're gonna invest for at least the next five or 10 years, you will be better off using this as a vehicle to help you accumulate those funds and use it, move money in and out to invest. Doesn't mean you put every dollar into here. That's the key I want you to remember, right? Again, there was still extra cash being done on the side. We weren't putting all the money in here. That's another sales tactic I don't like. But we are using this as an example of a way to create more leverage with the savings you're all going to be using anyways to invest. We just want to earn money in two places at once. So of course, if you've got questions, you can always ask those these questions at moneyripples.com. We are more than willing to serve you and help you in any way possible. 
even run numbers. If you want to see what that looks like in your situation. But the point is this, guys, that I want you to know that leverage is everything. Just like when you get that nice lever, if you want more strength, use levers. Everything works better when you're using the right tools in the right way. When you don't, those tools are useless. And trust me, there are plenty of people on there said, hey, that pair of pliers was a piece of crap. They don't work when it was more of a user error, okay? In this case, life insurance, there's user errors and there's agent errors. You gotta be careful of both. And so the when you can use it correctly, it's gonna be a great tool. But I wanna reemphasize something I said back in August on this same show, on this podcast, is this. You do not need life insurance or infinite banking to become financially free. You can do all these strategies without it and still do it. Just like I showed you in that first example, that person still got to 112,000 without using infinite banking, right? But you want to get a little extra juice, a little extra squeeze out of, out of the money you've got. This is a great tool, great strategy to use when it's done correctly. Guys, you want to learn how to do that? Go visit us at moneyripples.com. Go make a wonderful and prosperous week. And we'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.